Let me put you on game Don't listen to people who lose or you'll do the same Stop talking to people who don't give a f*** what you say Stop spending your money on weed, go hop on a plane Stop pointing the finger Welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Wealth Podcast Today we're going to be talking about the real estate market And things that you guys are probably seeing in the news And we're going to dive just a little bit more in depth on those topics So, uh, you know, NAR lawsuit, we're seeing that all over the news uh, Articles coming out um, High interest rate environment, we're seeing that all over the news The, the real estate market's going to crash um, and then low inventory. You're all seeing that the other verdict of, you know, there's low inventory and what does that mean for buyers and sellers? So, uh, we've got Devin Homer back with us. Uh, we actually haven't done a podcast together since our initial podcast when you guys were, were Homer real estate, uh, quick update for those that are listening. Devin is actually part of the team. Now he's a part of top notch real estate. We kind of did a merger between top notch real estate and Homer real estate. Um, and that's just part of collaboration. Like, you know, talking to each other, staying in touch with each other over the last few years as you guys have been scaling your business and we've been scaling our business. Um, some of the lessons I've learned throughout talking to business owners on this podcast even is um, there's there's things that you're not good at and there's things that you are good at and you need to focus on the things that you are good at and you need to find help and support in the things that you're not good at. And what I've realized running the team is I'm, I'm a good leader, I'm not a good manager. Um, I don't, and I really don't enjoy managing people. And then I also don't enjoy tracking numbers and KPIs and that stuff. And uh, so that's where Devin's coming in because Devin does have management experience. He is a good manager and he is good at tracking that stuff and he's good at getting things done. Um, so I think we have a, we have a positive relationship here and we're excited for the growth in the future with top notch, with top notch real estate. Um, and he's been on for about a month, so he's kind of transitioned. Uh, his agents have come over, and now he's kind of been open. Uh, he's had the chance to manage our large agent pool of, we've got 24 agents, um, 28 people are part of the team right now. So uh, we've got some insight that we want to share with with our take on the real estate market. So starting off, Devin, what uh, what's your take on the NAR situation and the lawsuit that's been going on right now? You know, it's kind of an interesting thing. It's it's kind of weird for us here in Idaho. <clears throat> Idaho, I'm, I'm biased, but Idaho has very well-structured contracts. You know, we've had a really great legal team that works with the local association here, draft up documents that, that cover a lot of this stuff. And so we were really ahead of the curve. Yeah. Um, a lot of the NAR stuff is about non- non-disclosure or, you know, sellers or buyers not feeling like they had an input or the room to negotiate their commissions and, and that whole side of things. Um, our contracts here were already structured in a way where it's, it's super transparent. It shows how much the, the sellers are paying commission. It shows out of that commission, how much we're giving to the cooperating brokerage or the, or the buyer's agent that's bringing the, the buyer to the property. Um, same thing with the, with the buyer side, it shows exactly how much we're charging to work for them. Um, it says in the contract, obviously that we will try to get that fee from the selling side first, but mm -hmm. if the sellers aren't willing to, or not paying that, that commission that we're um, requiring to work for them, then, then the buyer's obligated to pay that. I think a lot of other States maybe didn't have that or weren't explaining that. Um, yeah. a lot of these bigger brokerages are just kind of, you know, getting, getting the backlash from that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I think it's misunderstanding of the situation. Um, 
and and agent's inability to explain the situation. Because mm-hmm. um, here in Idaho, yeah, we've it's like on our on our documentation we show what the total commission is, and and that half of that is uh, going to get taken are going to get paid to the buyer's agent. What I think some of the consumers, you know, don't realize is sellers have that argument that we don't want to pay the buyer's agent. Like we don't feel like we should pay the buyer's agent. Well, they're not paying the buyer's agent. The The listing brokerage is paying the buyer's agent. So on the contract, it says the listing fee is let's, I'm going to just say 5%. Um, listing fee, maybe 5% of that 5%. The, the listing brokerage is going to offer 2.5% of that commission to a cooperating broker's or a buyer's agent. Um, that And that number could change. That could be, you know, 5% total and we're willing to share 3%. That could be 5% total and we're willing to share 1.5%. Like that can vary and that's going to be listed in our seller representation agreement with the seller. But I think that's the misconception. Agents aren't telling their clients that our fee to list the home is this. And of that, we're going to give a portion of that to the buyer's agent. So sellers are under the understanding that I'm paying you, but I'm also paying the buyer's agent. Well, you're not because it's not the buyer's agent commission. Cause if there is no buyer's agent, that fee is still applicable. That total brokerage fee of 5% goes to the listing agent because it is the listing agent's fee. And so I think it's just not being able to understand that side of things and not agents, not understanding it totally. And then not being able to explain it to the client. I think that's the key part right there is not being able to explain it to the client. You know, I hear all the time, <clears throat> I don't want to, why am I paying for the buyer's agent? And then they just start explaining why they are instead of explaining, well, you're not, what you're doing is you're Correct. paying us a fee to, to get your house sold. What we're saying is we are willing to take some of that fee you're paying us to offer incentive to a buyer's agent to bring a buyer to your property. That's what we're saying. Yeah. And then vice versa, you know, the whole thing of, the thing I hate the most is when people post on, and my people, I mean agents, post on, you know, social media or whatever that it's free to work with a buyer's agent. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, your buyer is paying a certain price for that home, and that percentage that is getting it's 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 all relative. Yeah. Um, there's, there's at the there's end of the day, if they're not able to get that from the sellers, you know, then the the buyer is having to pay that on top of it. I mean, it's it is not free, and I think that's where lawsuit stems from is maybe contracts not being structurally or structured the right way over there. And then also just the, the way the agents have been explaining things is not correct. Yeah. The, the stem of the lawsuit is the uneducation of realtors being able to inform clients. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that there's this lawsuit. Like I, I think that there are uneducated people in the real estate industry. There's people that do shady stuff in the real estate industry. Um, and that stuff should get addressed. And if it's like takes a lawsuit to change things, to make people more educated and more responsible as agents, but then also helps educate the consumer. You know, I, I hope there's no agent that has tricked you into thinking that like you have to pay this to sell your home. Cause you don't like that is a choice as a consumer that you have. You first off to the most simplest things, like you don't have to, you don't have to use an agent to buy or sell you can transact on your own. Like that is a choice that you have. Um, just like I have a choice to represent myself in court if I feel like I can. Um, I don't need to hire an attorney. But like you, if you even Google that, like do you need to hire an attorney to, you know, go to court with you? It's 
It's like the Google said, like, no, but we highly recommend that you do because they, they will, you'll have a greater chance at success right. in court. It's the same thing with real estate. It's like, you don't have to hire a listing agent um, or a buyer's agent, but by hiring a listing agent or a buyer's agent, you are likely to have better success in getting your outcome that you desire in real estate. You need to sell your home. Hiring a listing agent is going to help you get a higher probability of selling your home for the amount that you want. Prime example, like I would, I never tell clients that they have to have to use us to list or whatever. Um, I had a client that called me last week. They had been on the market for sell by owner for 30 days. They said, Hey, uh, we tried this on our own. Like we think it's time to bring you in. We need help. We did the marketing, got it listed literally same day. We've got an offer above. We, we upped the price of what they were listed for on for sell by owner. And then we got a price above asking on that. Well, I think part of that's too, I mean, there's just a <clears throat> uneducated realtors, right? I mean, the, the, we talked about it before, but the barrier to entry to get into this business is so low. Yeah. And a lot of people have had maybe a bad experience with an agent before or had a, a family member that had a bad experience with an agent before. And I think they, they have this thought in their mind that every realtor will just come over, put a sign in my yard, put it on the MLS, and then that's it. Yeah. And they're like, well, why would I pay that amount of money for someone to do that? Mm-hmm. but that's not the case with everybody. Correct. That is the case with some people. Yeah. And that's why, like you said, it's important to interview multiple agents and it comes down to, there is no, there is no set price. I mean, there will be people that come over and say, Hey, I'll do it for a flat fee yeah. put on the MLS. There's people that'll come over and do 1%. There's people that charge, um, for listing 7%. Yeah. But you know, it's not, it, you can go, you can go to McDonald's and get a burger for, what two dollars, three dollars? Yeah, yeah. Or you can go to you know Snakebite or, or one of these other places, and it's going to cost you like twenty dollars. Yeah. You know, sometimes it makes sense to go to McDonald's. Sometimes it makes sense to go to Snakebite. It's whatever you know you're looking for. And exactly. same thing with agents. It depends on what you're looking for. Um, it's like what what is your desired outcome? Are you just trying to get fed? Because if you're just trying to get fed, McDonald's good choice budget. You're just trying to get fed. But if you want like a nice experience and good meal that tastes like quality, you know, you're probably going to choose that other thing. So I'm like, it's like, what is your end result that you want? And when you're interviewing agents, interview multiple and like compare their fees and understand the fees and then also understand their value that they bring. And is that value worth it to you? And if not, then go with another agent. Like there's nobody that like handcuffed you and said, Hey, in order for you to sell your home, you have to use me. And this is, this is a standard fee. And maybe there's some people that felt like that out there. And maybe there's some agents that said those things out there. There probably were. And that's, you know, but you can't, you can't just label a whole industry like that. There's doctors that have performed bad surgeries and, you know, been unethical and stuff like that. Doesn't mean we sue all doctors and say for malpractice and say, Hey, I had one cert, like I had a surgery go bad and now all doctors are bad. It's like, or, and same thing with attorneys. It's just so funny that they're coming after a whole industry for a few agents like that they caught on video or um, feel like conspired to hold their commissions at a higher rate. Um, at the end of the day, this is this is a capitalistic economy. Like if if people weren't willing to pay that, then commissions would come down or like or they would first, you know, sell their home on their own. Their argument is like, well, in other countries, 
fees are two percent. Most other countries don't have don't offer the the listing brokerage doesn't offer a buyer's agent commission. But most other countries also say like you don't want to go that route because like there's no incentive for anybody to show your home. Right. And incentive drives behavior. Why would I why if if buyer's agent commission went away? Let's play that game. If buyer agent commission went away, then I would just list houses. And I well, would not work with buyers. And then the, buyers are being unrepresented. The thing is, is that like our system is just set up for this. It, it, we've, we've done it for so long that our system is just set up for this. So let's say buyer's agent commission goes away. Yeah. Well, then what happens? So maybe as a listing agent, do you charge a little less? Or you charge more because now you have to show the or you, home. Or you charge more <laughs> yeah. because you have to show the home and you're going to be just working with buyers and that's how you get buyers. But let's say, you know, vice versa, you, you charge a little less. So now these buyer agents are having to get it from their client or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, what's going to happen? Maybe prices come down by 3% because now they- it's not worked, worked into the loan. And then yep. now, or it's not worked into the price. And now, you know, these government loans and stuff structured in a way where they're able to, because they can already ask for seller concessions for closing costs. Well, maybe they up the price a little bit and or they, they work it into the loan or they, they have can ask for concessions from the seller. I mean, either way it's, it's all relative. It's going to come from somewhere. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we're saying this doesn't work and we're going to restructure it to just another way that basically nets the same amount of money. Yeah. But it's just going to be structured differently. I mean, that's kind of where it gets me. It's like, I don't know how. Yeah. It's, it's, I, and I like that. Let's break that down. So it's like to the basic level, if you have a home uh, at a hundred thousand dollars that you're selling, And you're like, yeah, we're not going to pay a buyer's agent. So now that buyer's agent, like the buyer does have a buyer's agent that they've signed a buyer's representation agreement with that they've committed to paying that agent a fee if that fee is not offered uh, from the seller on the MLS. Mm -hmm. So now they've got to come up with that cash out of pocket. Plus they got to come up with their closing costs, which are lender fees that are baked into the loan. So they're coming up with that and they've got to come up with their down payment. It's like, well, now they just can't afford that house at a hundred thousand, but now they can afford that house at 90,000, you know, cause now they got to come with those costs. So it's like, what is, what's in the best interest of the seller? The, the best interest of the seller is to make it as easy as possible for the buyer to purchase their home. Well, how do we make it as easy as possible? We have that cost come out of the listing brokerages commission out of the sale. It's just, it's, a, it's the reason that loan officers charge their fees inside of the loan. Right. How hard would it be if like, Hey, if I want to purchase a home and I need to get a mortgage, if I want to use a loan officer, I'm going to have to pay for the loan officer's fee out of pocket. It's like nobody would be able to use a loan officer. Not, not nobody. Most people wouldn't use a loan officer and most people would not then get mortgages, but therefore most people not buy homes. Instead, we figured out how can we make this as simple for the buyer as possible to get a mortgage to then purchase a home? Well, let's that fee that's in there for the, the lenders, we'll just put it into their closing costs and that gets paid at closing. Oh, and to make it even easier, let's regulate that sellers can pay for buyer's closing costs. So we can just tie that into the loan. So like the whole system is to try to make it as easy as possible for people to buy homes. And all we're now these attorneys are just trying to reverse it to make it harder for people to buy homes. Well, if you make it harder for people to buy homes, your home is not going to be worth as much because there's less demand in the market. Right. Supply and demand. And they're like, looking they're looking at the situation like, oh, this sucks that we're having to pay, you know, 5% or 6% or 7% to sell our home. 
let's do something about it, but they're not thinking about the effect that that's going to then have yeah. on, on the industry. And, and yeah, you, you paid that extra two or 3%. I mean, that it's just a weird way of thinking about it because you're paying that to the listing agent, no matter what. Yeah. They brought a buyer and shared some of that with the cooperating brokerage. So if you're saying get rid of that and then maybe it'll be a little bit more competitive with rates on that end, but then you take away 25 to 30% of the buyer pool because they can't afford to pay three or three and a half percent closing costs two, three, 4% in realtor fees and then pay the, the other fees with the loan. If there's like a, a buy down or anything like that. Yeah. Plus moving into their first house and like the, the buyers have a lot of upfront cost. Yeah. Without uh, an appreciation, appreciating asset to pull anything from. Yep. So sure. You, you can, you know, save that much on commissions if that's what it comes down to, but then you have 20 to 30% less people looking at your home, not Correct. as many competitive offers. You end yeah. up getting less for the house. I mean, it's just a, your home, your home is worth what it's worth because of the way the system is built. Like they're like, Oh, they've been doing this for a hundred years. Well, yeah. And that's what has caused the home values to be worth what they were. If we weren't including that buyer's agent commission in there, your home wouldn't be worth what it's worth because most people wouldn't be buying that home. Like, and they wouldn't be able to get buyer's agents and get represented and like, have that conversation about the home buying process and be interested in getting a home that like at that time in their life, maybe it's mm-hmm. so, like your, your demand decreases. So your home values aren't going to increase at that same rate. I think, and the problem is like, I think the attorneys know that, but there's just blood in the water, you know? And so the attorneys are just going for a high, high dollar payday with a class action lawsuit. Like, I wonder what that attorney's fee is on the class action lawsuit. You Google what that fees are and you know, it's like, Oh, they range between 30 and 40%. Okay. So 30 and 40, 30 or 40% of $1.8 billion. That's like seven to $800 million that the attorney, like the firm, the lawyer firm made off of this case. How negotiable was that? You think? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, was there, there was probably a, an attorney firm that was willing to do it for 10%, you know, but would they have won the case? Maybe not. So they hired this this firm that charges 30 or 40%. They hired a professional. They hired a professional. And did that firm negotiate? I doubt it. They're probably like, we know our value. If you want this outcome, we'll get it for you. It's the same thing with a real estate agent. Hey, yeah. I know my value. If you want this outcome, I'll get it for you. But here's my fee to do that. Right. There's, there is a flat fee broker down the corner that they'll list your house on the MLS. They'll take pictures with their phone. They won't market it. They don't have a social media profile. They don't have a, they don't do any content. They don't, they don't do anything. They don't have a sales funnel and they'll list it for a thousand bucks, but are you going to get the best outcome? Probably not. The state offers you free, you know, attorneys on criminal stuff. Are they the, are they people that are going to get you the best outcome? Probably not. I think it's interesting too, that this kind of happened. This is happening just post COVID. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think during COVID is when we saw the most flat fee brokerages. We saw the mm-hmm. most people discounting commissions because, 100%. because you could literally put a sign in the yard and sell the house. So I think maybe stemming from that. Yeah. Cause we're getting to the point now where, I mean, I know in our local area, how, how often have you been seeing these flat fee brokerages anymore? Yeah. Not with listing side, not yeah. a ton because, because the market shifted and they don't, they're not getting it done. People know that they need an agent that's experienced and is going to do these things for them to get the house sold. You bring up a good point though, because what I'd be curious to see, and I don't know if this got brought up in court or not, but like they're saying that, you know, we conspired to keep, to keep commissions at like 6%. Mm -hmm. It like large brokerages 
ex- conspired to do that. You know, Keller Williams met with Century 21 and they're like, hey, we're going to train our agents to, you know, keep commissions high. That's what they're proposing. Um, and that we only negotiate from 6%. Like we only negotiate up from 6%. We don't negotiate down, which isn't true. Because I think if you actually pulled the stats, like I, I know for our team stats, the average commission that we get on transactions is under 3%. Yeah. The average commission, I think, across the country that teams and agents pull from buyers and uh, on from transactions is less than 3%. Whenever we're running numbers with like brokerages and at conferences, you know, they're always like, yeah, use like two and a half percent or like find out what your percentage is that you actually like charge because we do negotiate and you're not always getting a, a and you know, we might come in and say, yeah, our, our fee is 6% and we offer 3% to a buyer's agent and you know, 3% and uh, basically like we'll take 3% if there is a buyer's agent, but understanding that that is our 6% fee. So if we bring a buyer that is also still the 6% fee. Like that's what the contract is. Um, but there's plenty of time as that, that's get, that gets negotiated down. And then not to mention on top of that, you know how many times that we've reinvested our commissions into helping a transaction close Oh, all the time, you know? So it's like the fee might be 6%, but then buyer agent and seller agent, both like, Hey, put in 1500, $2,500 into, you know, get the home closed, whether it's repair items, inspection, you know, from inspection, or I've even done it like maybe a low appraisal and the seller can't come down that much. Like we make up differences. I've even paid for like sewer lines to get replaced and not made any money on deals. But the only way we can do that is when we have some room in that commission to do, do things for the clients. But you take away, you take away that, uh, that buyer's agent commission and there's no fee on the buyer's agent. And now we're representing sellers and trying to represent buyers on the bull end, the buyer gets screwed because our fiduciary duty is to the seller. Just like there, you know, there's somebody that represents the defendant and somebody represents the, you know, uh, there's two attorneys in every case. You should have two people representing the parties, both, you know, their best interests on a sell or on a buy or sell transaction real estate. So I don't think this helps the consumer at all. And I really don't think it helps the, the I don't think it helps buyers or sellers. I think their mind is just in the wrong place. I think they're, they're trying to insinuate that the system is broken. The system is not broken. It works. I think it's just education of realtors. And I think maybe that's where they need to make their focus is maybe making the barrier to entry a little higher, making them do, you know, maybe figure out a way to have brokers have a little bit more oversight or something like that. Because, and it's probably, like I said, it's probably because of COVID and everybody was getting into the industry because it was easy. And so we probably ran into a lot more of this than we have in the past just yeah. because of miseducation and people saying things that they should have been saying, like working with a buyer's agent is free and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really where probably the focus needs to be versus For sure. just dissecting the system and trying to, to restructure the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think that's, it's, it's on the tail end of this crazy real estate market that we saw the last few years. Um, some of the stats from that, you know, it's like, I think there was 70 or 80% of people did regret their home purchase. So now it's like, you've got the buyer remorse and, you know, maybe seller remorse because they sold the house at a, that they, and then couldn't buy what they wanted to buy or felt like they bought something that they shouldn't have. And now it's like, Hey, let's just get back at realtors or, you know, the system. That's the system that made this happen. 
it's not the system. It was a choice that consumers made to go that path. Um, and you don't have to, like nobody forced you to do that. So, um, it's so interesting. I get, I get passionate about it. like heated about it because, um, I want people to understand. I think, you know, I posted the video today kind of about the article that was posted and, um, I broke down like, you know, my big three things that I think consumers should take away from this is one commissions are negotiable. Um, understand that. And then also understand that you should, if you're looking to buy or sell, interview multiple agents, understand the fees that are associated with those services, understand the value that the agent that you're talking to brings and decide what is worth it to you. It's like you make that choice. And then third, you, you really don't, you, you don't need somebody to transact. Mm -hmm. So I hope, I hope consumers know that, but you're probably going to get a higher probability of getting the outcome that you desire if you do hire a professional to help you with yeah. that transaction. I think it'd be fun for us to post somewhere that people have access to, maybe like good questions to ask a realtor when you're interviewing. Because yeah. I, I think a lot of people don't know what they don't know, and they don't know what questions to ask. They don't know what fees are associated with, so they don't know what questions to ask to kind of compare the different agents. So maybe there's somewhere we can we can post that for everybody to be able to kind of read through those and have those available when they yeah. look to buy or sell a home. Yeah, that's smart. We'll, we'll, we'll put some together. We'll post it. Um, switching gears a little bit from the NA NAR news. Um, I, I kind of want to just talk about the real estate market in general, um, from a, from our team's perspective. Uh, there's a lot, you know, I think it, they're saying that this is probably the fourth worst year in real estate that we've ever seen. Um, transaction count is down, uh, because we're in a high interest rate environment, you know, we, Last month, we were at like almost 8% on interest rates. They've come down a little bit since then. Um, so it's tough for buyers, especially with all the home appreciation that we've seen over the last three years. Um, and then, but we're also in a low inventory market. So we're like caught between a rock and a hard place. It's this weird storm of events that's gotten us here. Um, and because of that, we're seeing a lot of agents leave the industry. What do you, what do you see what do you think the next six months is going to do? And, um, how do you, what are you seeing with our agents? Yeah. I mean, the next six months is going to be different. I think is the best way for me to, me to put it. Um, you're right. We have the perfect storm. So we had, um, kind of putting everything together. We had the 2008 crash, which the toughest part that we're seeing now from that is that construction just stopped. Yeah. People stopped building houses like for the first time. And even up until now, we're not back to the rate that they were building houses before 2008. And so we have a major shortage from that. Yeah. Then we get into COVID frenzy, lowest interest rates we've ever seen. Yeah. And appreciation through the roof. And now, you know, the, the mass, stimulus from, I mean, we've got all of this together. So we get into where we're at now where we have this massive appreciation with the stimulus and everything going on. We had crazy inflation. So we're trying to curb the inflation. Um, so we're raising interest rates. We have high interest rates. We have high home prices. We have a shortage of homes. And so, you know, typically there's supply and demand where, Supply goes up, price comes down. Supply goes down, price goes up. Right now, we it's like 
none of it makes sense. You yeah. know, demand's like, come down, but supply really hasn't gone up. No, and it, and it's, um, it's just a weird time, and people to to kind of tack on to the supply issue. Mm-hmm. You know, people bought these houses at a two or three percent interest rate, and normally in this market, there are circumstances where they would sell, but they're just figuring something else out not to sell because they don't want to go from a 2% interest rate to, to a seven and a half percent interest rate. Yep. They don't want their payment to go from $1,400 a month to 22 or $2,300 a month for basically the same house. Yeah. So, um, it's just different. So for our agents, I think our biggest transition, and I think what people are going to need to do is they're going to need to transfer their efforts from marketing to prospecting Mm -hmm. because that's what works. I mean, getting people on the phone and talking to people, we're looking for the people that have to move. We're looking for the people that are having job transfers. We're looking for the people that are, you know, making their family bigger and need more rooms and things like that. We're looking for people who maybe are getting older and and can't live in the house because of, of stairs. Yeah. Um, but because of, COVID and the way things were, everybody was focusing on marketing and just focusing on, you know, social media and billboards and all that stuff. Well, everybody's doing that. Yeah. But not everybody is hitting the phone and doing the work and pounding the pavement, knocking doors, doing the activities that are, that have always worked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're changing our, our agent's mentality to, you know, really sitting down, getting on the phones, doing the work set an appointment every day. Yeah. And having the conversation, asking the questions, asking the questions, finding out what the pain points are, finding out like what the people really need, what their needs and wants are. Mm -hmm. And not just treating them like a number, but coming up with a customized plan or, um, you know, course of action to get them what they want or what they need. And the only way to do that is by asking the question, shutting up and listening. Yeah. As the question, then having having the knowledge or having a team that has a knowledge of how to help them in that situation, uh, we've done you know in the last last little bit we've done creative finance deals, given people certain situations, um, but the only way that we know that is like you've got to ask the right questions. And you know, I get agents that they're like, "Hey, this house isn't selling, and we thought it was going to sell at this price," and then come to find out, they start asking questions. They're like, "Yeah, it's not a price thing for the sellers. Like the sellers." They're okay lowering the price. They actually they need to move. They need to get closer to Idaho Falls. They need to be, you know, they live way too far out of town. The wife needs to be next to medical facilities. Like, okay, you start realizing that and you're like, hey, well, our game plan changes. You know, they're not, their concern isn't maximizing price. Their concern is timeline and they need to get closer to a certain area. So, okay, let's figure out what that price is that we need to lower it to to make sure that it gets sold to make sure that they get into their situation they need to get into. But a lot of agents aren't going to ask those questions. A lot of agents are just going to let those properties sit on the market, um, which if you do going into a, a winter market, going into the holiday season, they might be losing value the longer it sits on. So if you had like just priced it, you can use numbers here. It's, if you just priced it at 400 instead of 475, um, they maybe would have got it. But now like you're waiting three, four months to have those hard conversations or ask those questions to identify their needs and they're like, we actually don't need 400. We just thought that's what you could sell it for. We're okay getting 375. You're like, but now you do the price adjustment to, you know, 400. And you're chasing the market. And now you're chasing the market down. Yeah. It's like, it's not in your client's best interest. You've got to know, like, hire an agent that knows the market. That's not just going to 
you know, sugarcoat things and say, oh, I could sell your host house for 500 just because they want the listing. Right. Like ask them the hard questions. What do you really think this could sell for? And what do you, re- what do you think a realistic timeline is like put the pressure on them? Cause then they'll, the agent should hopefully give you the right answer of, well, you know, we could list at 500, but if, if you guys want to like move it in 45 days, 60 days, maybe we need to list it at, you know, 25,000 under that 20,000 under that. And the seller might be okay with that because their goal is a quicker timeline. So I think as us as realtors, we always just think like they're the, that the consumer's goal is always price, but it's not always price. So like, ask the questions, get to know the situation, get to know them as people. What do they, what do they want? What are they looking for? Um, and then help advise them to that, you know? So that's, I think that we're, and that's what we're, the conversations right. we're having with our agents to make sure that they're yep. going to stay busy in this market. Cause mm. even if the market comes down 40% uh, transaction wise, there's still 60% of people that are transacting. Yeah. And I think that, I think you nailed it. I think, you know, we do a lot of appointments with expired listings. We do a lot of appointments with for sale by owners and, you know, some of those appointments that, that we've ended up signing and going on to listing for them later on, you know, they, they told us the reason that they decided to go with us versus maybe another agent is these agents would come in, they would do their presentation. They would present like, you know, this is how great I am. This is what I do. It's my 32 I've been in real estate for 26 years, like, and, and then they're like, okay, you want to do this? They're like, no. But then, you know, we would come in and we would say, okay, what is it you're trying to accomplish? How can we help you do that? You know, what is your priority with this? When do we need to get it done by? And then we advise them on what we would do to meet those goals. We structure it for them and they feel like they've been heard versus just somebody that came in and just talked about themselves. Yeah. 40 minutes. Here's how great I am. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, how you like, what are you going to do for me though? Yeah. Yeah. I, Cause as a consumer, you should, you shouldn't want the standardized plan. You should want a customized plan, customized plan to your needs and your situation. Right. So I think that's where a lot of agents go wrong is they just bring in these standardized plans and it's like, you know, you can have a standardized marketing plan that like, here's what we do for all of our listings. That's okay. But like given your situation, maybe we're going to tweak that a little bit because your situation's different, you know, maybe we, we're going to look for investors on this. So we're going to actually tweak our marketing plan and go heavier in this category of marketing versus this category of marketing. Like agents need to understand that. But I think the last few years, agents have gotten so lazy. Yes. I was trying to figure out a better word to say, but it's so <laughs> lazy and just not professional. And they just expect things to fall out of the sky. They just expect right. that their friend to call them and say, Hey, we want to buy or sell. Um, and they just expect to go put a yard sign in the yard and they expect to get calls and expect to get an offer. And it's like, you actually have to put some thought into this industry now, which I'm excited about. I think it's great. I want to like it going back to the the conference we were at in San Diego, you know, Alex Ramosi said a, a skilled seller was never made on calm seas. See, like if you want to be great, you should wish for storms mm-hmm. because how can you say you're great when you've never been tested? You can't. And so I, and I've referenced that already <laughs> in one of the other episodes, but it's cause I, I like it. You know, I, I think that's such a powerful statement. Um, I think there's a lot of agents that think they were good. They think they're good. Then you ask like, how long have you been licensed? And they're like, you know, two years and it's like, okay, <laughs> I'm excited to see how you do over the next 12 right. months. Which is not bad. There's some out there that have been licensed for two years and they'll kill it that are killing it. Yeah. But 
unfortunately, that's not the majority. Yeah, which, which uh, I I think is good. I think it's gonna you're gonna see who the real the real agents are over the next six months, which I'm excited for, and I want to make sure that our agents, uh, of course, I'd I'd be uh, in denial if I think that we're not gonna lose some of our agents. Right. I think you know we we will end up losing some of our agents because times are gonna get tough over the next six months, but preparing our house for winter, preparing our agents for the winter, teaching them the skills that they need to grow. Um, like that's what we're pushing for right now. And I think a lot of agents are in, we met with an agent yesterday. You met with an agent yesterday. Um, a lot of agents were in part of teams in environments that weren't really helping them. Um, which may have been okay over the last two years because it's like, they'd still get a bone every once in a while, even if they weren't in the best environment or have the best support or have the best systems. But those bones are now becoming fewer and fewer mm-hmm. and they're starting to realize maybe I'm not in the best environment. Right. Well, and it's, and it's interesting because the agents I've been meeting with, it's not necessarily that they're looking for leads or just business in that way. A lot of their concerns or, or wants are just the culture and mentorship and that culture of, um, like you were saying the other day from the conference, yes, this sure there's a down market, but we're not going to participate. Like we are still going to do business. We're going to adjust and we're going to still do the things. Yeah. And I think there's agents that, that want to be a part of that culture versus the doom and gloom. Like, Oh man, this sucks. What are we going to do? Yeah. Um, and kind of twiddling their thumbs, waiting for the business. We're going to go out and get it. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. And, and there's agents that are looking for that leadership style of, yes, you know, we've got this this challenge. Let's go conquer it. Yeah. Here's the tools and resources for you to do it. Now you just got to do it. Exactly. And then and then you see who what agents are willing to do the work. Um, I, you know, I said there, there's agents that have been licensed over the last two years that, you know, maybe aren't going to succeed. But we've got agents here that have only been licensed for six months that, are hitting the ground. They're doing the things that we tell them and they're seeing success and results in the market right now. They're getting listings, they're getting buyers, they're getting deals under contract. I'm not going to say names, but like we know those individuals that are, they're going out talking to people, they're door knocking, they're making their calls, they're prospecting neighborhoods. When we get a new listing, they're trying to generate business around that listing. They're doing their open houses. Like, and they're seeing the results from that. And then you talk to other agents. I like, I'm giving examples of like literal conversations I've had. You talk to other agents and they're like, they're like, ah, business, business is slow down. I, I think I got to get another job. And I'm like, so you're telling me you're going to go, you're going to go work for somebody else for 40 hours a week when you wouldn't even work for yourself for 40 hours a week. Exactly. And you get into their schedule and you're like, what have you done the last, when's the last time you sat in an open house? I, uh, they can't remember. Okay. Have you followed up with your database? No. Have you done this? No. Have you done that? No. And then you start telling them like, you need to start doing these things. They're like, ah, I just don't know if. I want to do those things. Right. No, that's exactly it. I mean, (laughs) yeah, when we have agents that are like, "Ah, I just don't, I'm not doing the business I want to do. First thing I do is I sit down with them and I say, show me your schedule. And you look in their schedule. They don't have anything in there. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, what have you been doing? I give them a prospecting tracking sheet. I said, use this for a week. And that really opens their eyes to like, holy cow. Yeah. Maybe I've only been doing real estate for like eight hours a week. Yeah. How can you expect to be successful in any business if you're only doing it for eight hours a week? Yeah. It's just not possible. And so really just ingraining those, you know, those self-discipline activities 
to be able to go out and, and do that. And I said, look, if you don't have an appointment today, why do you, why are you, why are you planning on doing anything else but sitting here and making phone calls? Yeah. Why are you planning on doing anything else but, you know, making contacts and having conversations? You don't have any business. So what do you, why are you doing anything else? Yeah. Like create business for yourself. hundred percent. I, I look at that and I go back to like my early days of, in you know, getting into real estate and it's like, I, if I didn't have anything to do, which I didn't have anything to do a lot of days starting out and I had no guidance on what I should do. Um, I would literally, I would design a, I would design a door hanger or flyer, print them off and I'd go, go hang them. Yeah. And I'd say, Hey, I'm going to do a hundred of these. Or I'm going to do 70 of these. Or I'm going to do 50 of these today because I couldn't, I couldn't go home to, to my wife and not have done something to push my business forward. She's like, she's counting on me as a self-employed person to like go out and figure it out and make it happen. And she thinks I'm, you know, I'm doing real estate. And when you're a new agent, a lot of times you're not doing real estate yet, but you need to be doing the activities to help you start doing real estate. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would beat myself up if I didn't do something every single day to continue to push my business forward. So if you don't have appointments that day, like if your calendar is dry, you should, I would not leave the office until I had an appointment. I would not leave my desk and I would not stop making calls until I had an appointment or I had a conversation that went somewhere with somebody to push my business forward. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it just tries, it, it's kind of, it, when you look at somebody's calendar, you're like, what have you been doing all day? And they, then they can't, they don't even remember. I don't know what I did this whole week. Then you're like, so yeah, just, sometimes it drives me nuts, but I'm like, those, those are the kind of, things that we're going to be up against over the next six months. And those, those people are going to have to find other, other opportunities because it real estate isn't going to be as easy as it was. No. Um, which is good also, I think for the consumer, because at the end of the day, that's going to weed out a lot of the agents that just got into it because times were good. Um, and I'd encourage you as consumers to like watch over the next six months, see who's still doing business because if people are in business during the hardest times, they'll be in business during the good times and they'll know what to do to help you in the good times. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. If they can sell houses in the bad times, then you want them in your corner during the good times. Yeah. So, um, and I hope if you're an agent out there, um, who's looking to switch up your environment, looking to surround yourself with a better culture. Um, and you're not just looking for a team to give you leads. Cause I, we went on that train for a while because we do have leads. Um, but, that's not our selling proposition for agents right now. We want you to come in and we'll teach you the skills. We'll give you the resources. We'll give you the training and support um, to go out there and succeed. But like, you're going to have to do the work, you know? So if you're looking for an environment like that and you're wanting to surround yourself with top producers and that have that mindset, reach out to us, reach out to us and, and, and we'll sit down and talk to you. Um, given the current market, we're not looking to take on a ton of agents because and we're being very selective on the ones that we do. Yeah. I mean, our, our thought process is we're never going to say no to a, a great agent. Yeah. But, you know, obviously when we go through the interview process and we talk about things and talk about the requirements that our team has, um, they're, they're rigorous and they're going to seem like a lot maybe from wherever you were before. But obviously if, if you're looking at other options, wherever you were before, it wasn't working out. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Last thing I'm going to say on that is we're, we're going to make our team, I've said this, we're going to make our team the best zip code to be in. Um, you know, it, it might seem a lot when you're coming in compared to the activities that you had to do from your prior, prior environment, 
it's because we're raising our standard of what we want out of agents. It's like we don't want to have just average people and average agents in our environment. We want to have that higher zip code. We want to have that higher standard and, and higher income potential out of our agents. And so if you're looking to compare yourself to, to agents that want more out of their business, that's what we want. So it's going to seem like a lot, but it's probably because you weren't in the best environment and comparing yourself to agents uh, that are doing more than you. So um, any last thoughts on the real estate market and stuff right now? I know we kind of recapped a lot. I don't think so. I just think, you know, not just in real estate, but in any industry, you know, sometimes you just have to adapt and, and go with the changes and the people that adapt and make changes are going to make it through and be successful. And the people that just try to keep doing the same thing, even if it's not working or not. So if, if what you're doing is not working, switch it up, try new things um, and, and kind of adapt with the market. hundred percent. I, and I know we tailored this podcast to real estate more in general, but like this stuff applies to other businesses and the next six months in any business is probably going to be tough, um, you know, depending on where the economy ends up. But if you're struggling in any business, surround yourself with other business owners, surround yourself with other people that are in the grind, surround yourself with other people that are uh, pivoting and, and changing how they do things to to adapt with the market. Yeah. Put yourself around those people because they're going to help you succeed as well. We love having those conversations, talking about, you know, the market and how it's changing, talking about technology, talking about implementing AI. I mean, all this stuff. It's not just real estate. I mean, we talk yeah. about this with all business Other owners businesses. in the area and it's, it's fun. So, yeah. Yeah. We need to get a, we need to get a mastermind group going in our local area of just business owners to talk that stuff through, but okay. Well, appreciate you, Devin. Appreciate you coming on. I love sitting down and talking with you. I know we can always talk for hours, but uh, we'll wrap this one up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the, the Pursuit of Wealth podcast. If you guys have questions about the real estate market, you have questions about the lawsuit that's going on um, or questions about business. Make sure that you uh, you leave us a comment, shoot us a DM. We're always happy to, to chat uh, and to go in a little bit deeper with you guys personally. So we'll catch you guys next time. Don't listen to people who lose or you'll do the same. Stop talking to people who don't give a f*** what you're saying. Stop spending your money on weed, go hop on a plane. Stop pointing the finger and start taking some of the blame. Let me put you on game. Control your emotions. Most of the time it's really not worth it. Don't be ashamed and beat yourself up for not being perfect.